This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. And to get your free trial of Audible.com, check out their awesome service. Go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash bonfiresidechat for your free Audible trial. Praise the sun. Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to uh, Bonfireside Chat, an undead second favorite, <laughs> the appendix episode. Yes. The, append- the last episode. The appendix episode that is a companion piece to the previous episode, which uh, uh, talked about Darkroot Garden and the uh, depths. And unlike some appendixes, this appendix is very useful <laughs> to you. Duh. It, 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 it won't just blow up and poison you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Duh. Duh. Um, started making that joke and had to commit. Uh, <laughs> it had to resolve itself of its own momentum. Yeah, it's exactly. I mean, if it didn't, it would be like one of those things where you know, like resolve. You know, <laughs> yeah. Um, You're just musical edging. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know why I've been so into playing my keyboard on the thing. It's fine. <laughs> it's, I mean, like, I, I know, I know why, I, I, I know why you're into it. Like, I know why you do it. Cause it's like right there. It's like off to your right. All you have to do yeah. is just reach over and blah, 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 blah. Like I've got this right there, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's hard to resist. <laughs> it's like, resist. So please accompany us while we edge ourselves <laughs> to the brink of soundgasm with this <laughs> appendix episode. <laughs> I would I would like to begin by uh, again um I was about to say posthumously but that's wrong. Um ex post facto uh, uh, ex post facto thanking uh Russ Frustick from Polygon for yeah, let's being hope on the it's previous not posthumously. <laughs> it got dark. Jeez. <laughs> Russ, are you okay? <laughs> This is a tribute. Um, yeah. Um, so <laughs> you can edit that if you want. <laughs> uh, well, I'll, I'll see. What, I'll see what happens with him. <laughs> it might have been very, uh, might have been very astute. That, that's. I'll feel bad about making that joke if anything happens. Um, I probably won't edit. But we also hope that nothing happens. Yes, he he is a delightful man, and we uh, we we extend the utmost appreciation for his time. Yeah, super nice guy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we like to start these episodes out with a little something that we call the tiny beings errata, um, which are your corrections. <laughs> so when we fuck things up, you keep us honest. You are our safety net. Thank you. Yep. Yep. Um, so yep. do you want to read uh, the first one? Yeah. So um, this is regarding any comments we made during the episode uh, where we talked about the undead parish and the lower undead burg. Uh, so this is a little bit weird. It's kind of like that Mr. Show sketch we know, um, <laughs> because we'll like we're like we're gonna get to the point where we say shit during this that needs to be corrected in further errata. Yeah, yeah. This is just yeah. I mean, it's just for the the body. The whole podcast is a body of work. Yes, a living annotation. <laughs> yes. So, so uh, Scott Boogeyman, 
Yeah, that is what it looks like it is. <laughs> it's probably it's probably Bogman. I, you know what? Yeah. Like you probably got enough of that if that is your name on the on the playground. So I officially apologize for that thing I just did. He might have um, gotten Boogerman as well. Oh, do you, do you think he grew up at that time? That would make sense if he's my age because Boogerman was a thing. Grew up at that time? <laughs> well, I wasn't specifically thinking of the proper noun Boogerman. <laughs> oh, I was thinking of, of the his Genesis game, game Boogers Booger. and Man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, so not the Genesis and SNES game Boogerman. No, no. I mean, I'm, I'm familiar with said man, but I, I just, uh, I was thinking that it would just be booger and man. You know? uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Like some kind of booger creature. Some, some kind of man made entirely of boogers. Okay. No, we do not think this guy's made of boogers. No, no, because he has a, uh, he, ha- he actually has one of the better, like one of the better comments. Live up to his example, people. No, but this was interesting. I actually forwarded this to you. Um, yeah. yep. So he says, you can parry the giant statues in Anor Londo and most other giant enemies, but you cannot repost them. In Japanese, different types of laughter are used as a way of defining a character's archetype. Because there is so little actual dialogue in the game, the writers had to throw in some cliched laughter to help establish the characters to Japanese players. In fact, you can trace the weird verbal tics back to the fact that the game uses the same voice track for the English and Japanese versions. So there, there's your answer, Tyler. Yeah. That's why everyone's laughing at you. Yeah, exactly. They're it's like, because if you were Japanese, you'd know what it meant. Yeah. If, if, if you were hip to glorious Nippon. No, like yeah. that, that, that's like a little cultural thing that I didn't know. Like that's uh, something you think about with, uh, like, you know, whenever anybody parodies Street Racer, right? They're like, ha 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 ha. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. You will not beat me. Ha ha ha. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, it's yeah. an actual thing. So. Very interesting. I didn't even, I mean, I guess this shows how little I know about this game I decided to dedicate my life to seemingly, <laughs> but the, uh, um, I didn't even realize that it had the same track in Japanese. Yeah. If you uh, like, uh, and I knew that from watching Japanese let's plays, like if you hmm. like a lot of the speed runs, like they, they skip through a lot of the dialogue, obviously, but it's in, it's in English. Yeah. So yep. yeah, thanks Scott. That's very interesting. And then the uh, little bit about, rep- uh, parrying the giant statues. I think I said you couldn't parry them, Yeah. but, uh, you can parry them, but you just cannot repost them. Yes. So, uh, so what's the point? <laughs> yeah, that is true. Um, you can paro like crossbow bolts and shit too. Yeah. Paro. The, paro. Yeah. yeah. You can paro some arrows. Mm. Um, but the, uh, yeah, there's no real point to doing it. Yeah. Um, so Alex Hahn via conduct says, just a quick bit for the appendix for rescuing Griggs. You mentioned that you can use the master key to free him. You actually can't. And you need the residence key from the male undead merchant. Did we say that? I put I that. I thought we. I put said that in. No. Yeah, I, I thought so as well. Um, I, I also thought about going back and listening to see, but there's I only, only so much time in a day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, These so, shits are long, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, I, th- I thought we got that right. Yeah, I thought I so too. I didn't think that we got that wrong, but I mean, I could be wrong. Who, yeah. who knows? Yeah, um, I could like, be wrong now. It's something so. we know, and if we did say it, we said it knowing we were wrong. Yeah, yeah. We just, I, it's probably the kind of thing I do when I listen back to myself speak on these things where I just flip flop words <laughs> for no, for no apparent reason because I get, I'm like a dog and I get excited about saying something and then just start saying it. And I'll, I'll be like, Oh, that's not right. That's mm-hmm. not right when I'm editing. And, and it's just a reference <laughs> to something else. Um, so it's probably that if I did say it, but I, I know this. I don't think I said it, but in case yeah. you, in case I did, uh, we apologize. Thank you, Alex. Yes. Thank you very much. 
Mm-hmm. I also say everything twice and I take a long time to find the word I'm trying to think of. Right. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so EC via the something awful forums. Um, he is, uh, he is the guy on something awful for uh, dark soul stuff. So thank you for contributing. Mm-hmm. He says mm-hmm. the Capra demon fight is only bullshit because it's trying to teach you two things that the game does an incredibly poor job of explaining poise and stability. If you walk in and get hit once with a basic plus zero shield, your guard will be broken instantly. I think they were trying to make the player ask, ask the question, how can I improve my shield so that it takes less stamina to block? But basically no one anywhere gets that unless they were dropped hints. I was terrified to upgrade anything for fear of messing something up. Same mm-hmm. thing with poise. Uh, of course, someone fat rolling in heavy armor won't have an issue. The dogs won't stagger him, and he'll be able to kill them quickly. As we all know, once the dogs are out of the way, Capra isn't that hard. The big issue is that there is no in-game explanation of either of those things. So you basically have to resort to a wiki or help thread to figure it out. Most people do not, uh, don't do that until they've died 20 to 40 times, so it becomes a bullshit fight in their minds. This is in response to us uh, talking about the Capra Demon fight being bullshit. Um, mm-hmm. There was a long discussion about this on the thread, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, also, I mentioned this elsewhere, but if you're light armor, if you are in a light armor int build, the game gives you RL decoy right before this fight. Cast it to the right as you enter and Capra will go straight for it, leaving you to rush up to the stairs and pick off the dogs. Also, y'all forgot to mention uh, that being human in certain places does cause environmental changes in the form of NPC invasions. Only if the boss is alive, of course, but I wouldn't necessarily call that multiplayer. It's the multiplayer mm-hmm. surrogate. And that yeah. Were, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that, that last bit's a little semantic-y. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the rest of it, though, uh, uh, so, so that last bit, I think, is a little semantic-y. I think that, that, you know, it's like you say, it's the surrogate for, for multiplayer um, and I think we meant, I think we might've said specifically like MPC interactions yeah. weren't affected, but, um, we did, I guess we talked about mechanical interactions cause we were talking about the church frying you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, but a little dismantling, the other points you have are right on. Um, yeah. I think that you're right about that poise and stability thing because right before this is when you run into the blacksmith that can increase those things, mm-hmm. but you have no concept at this point. What, uh, what kind of investment is reasonable? You know, it, when on, on playthroughs, you know, later playthroughs, like, you know, advancing something up to plus five is not a big deal at all. Right. But I didn't know that the first time I was playing through the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And I would venture as far as to say that, like, poise and stability, like, I didn't really understand those until much, much later. Yeah. So to say that it's trying to teach you those things, yes, it's not teaching them effectively. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's right that that's kind of part of the idea, but, mm-hmm. uh, it's not doing a very good job of it. Right. The bit with Oral Decoy, like, when I got my Sorcerer run through that I just did, um, I was really excited to play with a lot of these utility spells, but Oral Decoy is really frustrating because it's, you have to manually aim it. Mm-hmm. And the manual aiming in this game, I find a really, I have a really hard time with. Yeah. So, like, uh, you know, it, it seems unpredictable which way anything's going to go. Mm-hmm. When I do that. Yeah. So. Um, Jeremy Dawson via Facebook says, uh, an important tip I would like to see mentioned on the show, uh, potentially is that when you give a message, a plus rating, the writer receives a latent humanity. So please be generous with those ratings. That's a good point. We were talking about the messages, I think in the, uh, one of the earlier episodes and we said like, okay, does it benefit you to do it or something like that? It Mm -hmm. does. It does. Yeah. I don't think we ever said that. I mean, we knew this. I don't think we ever said it didn't do it, Mm -hmm. but it is worth mentioning. Um, that you should always upgrade things. Yeah. Like I, I am a, a very giving Dark Souls player. Like I mm-hmm. want people to do well. I am not a dickhead. I don't do, you know, try jumping. I don't do any of that stuff. <laughs> so if you can help people out, I'm into it. 
in uh, you know crystal uh, crystal caves. Like ninety percent of those here messages on the invisible pathways are mine. I yeah. always take the time to do that, um, just because it's you know I want to help people through this really hard game. Yeah, um, and I do. I always. I, I think I mentioned this. I always upgrade. Uh, I did it. So oh if yeah. Any, if, you're, if it's after a boss and someone says I did it, it gets upgraded. Yeah. So that's good practice. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then finally, Ryan Mulvanity via Facebook says, um, I could be completely off base here, but were you, were you guys conflating Dennis Miller and Dennis Leary? Yes. Yes, yes we I was. were. <laughs> yes. I was going to correct you because at some point in my youth, I liked both of them. Hmm. <laughs> I should, somebody should correct you then. I know, right? Well, I stopped. Um, <laughs> Dennis Miller. It was what do you it, mean in your youth you like Dennis Miller. <laughs> it was it was it was prior to 9/11 so it was before he stopped being um it was before he started being like a hyper conservative asshole. Mm. Um and like I had been exposed to his rants tapes and I was a precocious young chap and I liked his vocabulary. Hmm. I, I'm I'm not that that is my defense. Right. No, that's that's I I don't actually know those rants tapes. I guess I mostly know him from Weekend Update and the fact that he's become a huge monster. Yeah, he is a huge monster. Um, man, something about Millers. Like, just like every Miller got affected by 9-11. Dennis Miller, Frank Miller. Yeah, yeah. well, Frank Miller has <laughs> he's, some, he's always been an asshole. Yeah, but, he's been a little bit of an asshole the entire yeah, time. But his like, talent took a big shit, too. Yeah. Like, he stopped being able to make good comics as well. Yeah. So, well, you know, he went from the Dark Knight Returns to Holy Terror. So. Yeah, or well, the, even the C, like the Dark, Dark Knight Strikes Back or whatever that sequel is to the Dark Knight Returns, yeah. which is pretty crappy. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, 9-11, 9-11 <laughs> impacted us all. Cool. Yes, it did. Um, <laughs> Let's and, discuss on this episode of On Fireside Chat <laughs> Appendix, we discuss the impact of 9-11. <laughs> Um, and and then, uh, and then Dennis Leary, um, I, I, it was kind of in the same vein, like where I was kind of like getting into, uh, like angry comics. Mm. Uh, so like, uh, Lewis black and stuff like that. It was all around the same age. Um, this was before I, I found out about, uh, Bill Hicks, who Mm. is, uh, the eminent sage comic, like, Mm. you know, uh, person real great. And Dennis Leary took a lot of his uh, material. So, yeah, unfortunate. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, uh, Lewis Black. Have I shared with you the James Adomian doing the impersonation of Lewis Black reading like a 16 year old girl's diary? No. <laughs> it's real good. Okay. Um, I will, I will put that in the show notes and also send it to you. Okay. Please do. Um, yeah. yeah it's very good. But yeah, thank you. Uh, that was definitely just a fuck up. <laughs> As I mentioned before, like every once in a while, I just say the wrong thing. <laughs> it's fine. I don't know what's going on. They're, I can't explain it. They're, they're very similar. It all started nine eleven. <laughs> it all started. <laughs> it was sorry. It, it was a it was a brisk Tuesday morning in September. Sorry. Um, so, uh, <laughs> um, yes. My bad. Oh man. Yes. All right. Well, that's it for our tiny beings, Aretta. But again, uh, we encourage you to correct us. Um, everything we said wrong during that last week's episode. Um, through any other mediums, please uh, let us know. That's weird and because again, ni- because rescue me was all about nine eleven too. I didn't even think about that. I've never seen Rescue Me. It's a it's I, an okay show. I find Dennis Leary hard to look at. Yeah, he is. He he's like a, he's like a less talented Willem Dafoe. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's kind of gross. Like there's certain people I just don't like. Yeah. We talked about like you know, Tim Burton, you know, uh, <laughs> Tim Burton, Harry Knowles. Like there's just certain people I just can't look at. Oh, Steve. And Tyler. Dennis Leary is one of them. Yeah, Steve Tyler. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just I just can't can't look at those people. They all have know? weird mouths. Yeah, the mouth is really the soul of the face. Like, if, <laughs> the <laughs> eyes are overrated. Um, the uh, I was when I worked at the grocery store. 
um, I was leaving the break room once and two break room dudes were walking downstairs and one of them said to the other, dude, she's got a good mouth. (laughs) 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 And I was like, oh, Tiger at Oregon, Fred Meyer employees. (laughs) (laughs) She's got it. Dude, she's got a good mouth. <laughs> I don't know. Yep. So that was the time that person was an error, just like we were. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna rat at that guy. Um, but yeah, so that that's it for that segment. And then next on to just your uh, your stories of these areas. Yeah, yeah. Gonna <laughs> gonna start out mostly in the in 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 the dark route, and then go into the depths. Yeah, so I'll I'll go ahead and start us off with uh, Russell Nix, which is an awesome name. It's like from like a Neil Gaiman novel or something like that. Um, and yeah, he says, <clears throat> a fun story. I've been a fan of Watch Out for Fireballs for a while, so of course I started listening to Bonfire's Eye Chat. Thank you. Now, I don't own Dark Souls, so I mentioned it in passing to my wife, and she slightly said, hey, don't buy Dark Souls. Valentine's Day is coming up after all. Tonight, a package came in the mail with that telltale rectangular shape. I jokingly said, oh, look. Maybe it's Dark Souls. She looked me in the eye and said, I have to be honest, I didn't buy you Dark Souls. <laughs> then opened up the Showgirls DVD. Um, a few hours later, using the Amazon link, thank you, I bought Dark Souls. I told my wife, it's a good thing you didn't buy me Dark Souls, because I just got it for myself. She then shouted, Russell fucking Nix, I can't surprise you with anything. Thanks for the show, guys. I can't wait to start playing. <laughs> more, so, of, more of those, please. Yeah, yeah, that is that is a great uh, that's a great story. Does, um, doesn't relate to any of the areas, but I couldn't help including it. Yeah, yeah, good, good, good on your wife. I like <laughs> that. That is, that is fun. Um, yeah, that happened to me with uh, uh, a similar thing happened to me with EVO. I think I told that during the Watch Out Fireballs EVO oh, story. Oh yeah. So. Yeah. So. <laughs> The whole gift thing. Did did, did I uh, in response to that, that I tell the story about uh, Sonic Two? Um, possibly. My my stepdad picked me up from school, and like I, for for some reason, I knew it was the day that Sonic Two came out, and I was like, "Oh, take me to go get that." And he said, "Oh, I'm sorry, the store's all out." And I was like, "Man, that sucks." And I was like, "Well, can we go back?" And then he said, "Oh, well, you know, they they they're not making anymore," and I was really young. <laughs> I was kind of like, and so I'm in tears thinking like I've missed my chance, right? <laughs> and then we get back to the house and like, I'm just like, like inconsolable. And he's kind of like come up to this bedroom and be like, Oh God, no. And then he pulls the game out of the dresser. And he's like, I'm sorry. I tricked you. <laughs> that's, you know, you didn't tell me that story because that's hilarious on a lot of levels. <laughs> Like one, they don't, they're not making anymore. I know. <laughs> but two, like, and it's not, I'm not going to tease you too much for you. Like you were like, what? Like super young. I was like four or five. Yeah. I'm not going to tease you for crying too much about not getting to play Sonic 2, but it's a really funny image. Um, like if there was YouTube at that point and he filmed it, you would end up being a YouTube celebrity. I'd be on Tosh 2.0. Yeah. You could get, you could get insulted by that guy. So, yeah. Oh man. So yeah, <laughs> funny stories. Uh, David Langsworthy, another awesome name. You guys got yeah. like wicked David awesome names. Langsworthy. Oh yes, Sherbasaya Langsworthies. <laughs> yes. Uh, via the contact form, he says, "Hey goons, I had an unexpected experience with the depths. After dying to the Capra Demon ten times and almost throwing the controller at the wall, I put the game down for a couple of weeks. And when I came back, I calmly and easily killed it the first time. I actually might not have made it without your tip to use the gold pine resin." Did we say that about the Capra Demon? 
Uh, maybe it's a demon. It's a demon, so it would be it would it would be effective. Yes. Oh, we'll take credit for it. Yeah, why not? Um, after getting past the maddening roadblock, I went through the bonfire in the depths, where I summoned uh, somebody for the first time. We then proceeded to steamroll everything in our paths. He led me to the ring of the evil eye and other good pickups. Uh, we defeated the NPC invader and killed the gaping dragon, not dying once all the way through. I hasten to add that he didn't carry the whole thing. There was some great teamwork going on. The guy disappeared after the boss fight, but I sent him a message saying, hey, thanks. And he's a super nice. And he has been giving me good advice since. Even the basilis weren't a problem. I know you'll be disappointed if I don't growl about them inarticulately, though. So <laughs> when I backtracked through the depths later to get to Andre, a basilisk did curse me. And it, and it was only after I found out uh, where to buy the cure from did I realize I'd accidentally attacked the female undead merchant earlier. Uh, so I had to make my merry way over to the bell tower. All in all, though, it was a great day of Dark Souls. How do you attack the female undead merchant? Not through the bars. Can you hit her through the bars? Yeah. You can kill her. You can kill Rickert. You can kill people who are behind uh, behind bars. I didn't think. Okay, so Anastasia is the only one that you can't kill behind the yep. bars. Okay. Yeah, she's she's plot invincible, not bar invincible. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. I just can you do it with a melee weapon, or is it just kind of like it seems like it seems like Guinevere, where you almost have to choose to do it? Um, no, you can do it with a melee weapon. Oh, okay, I'm just um, wrong. Okay, yeah, yeah. The um, the the uh, going through an area with a uh, with a sunbro through the area. Mm-hmm. I only like really summon people for bosses, but yeah. Once uh, senses on PC and once people mod the shit out of it, I kind of want to do a co-op run. Mm-hmm. with a buddy and actually go through areas because it sounds like a lot of fun, even though it'll be easy. Yeah. Um, That's kind of the bummer. I mean, because this game for games for windows live, can anybody actually mess with the net code to where you can be like, I want to play with you. Oh, I, I don't know. I think if I heard something that if you go in games for windows live, you can set a preference for somebody. Like there's oh, like wow. a little ability you can do. Like I prefer to play with this person. Yeah. And you're more likely to see each other's summon signs. But I, I read that once and I don't know if it's confirmed. right. So somebody who knows, like, let me know. Um, but the uh, when, and the few times I tried invading, the mm-hmm. people who I invade always have one or two people with them. Yeah, yeah. So I guess a lot of people are playing where they just go through areas. And I'm not dismissing. I'm not saying it's a bad way to play the game or anything like that. Um, you know, and, and I've done it too. I've gotten uh, summoned in the depths and ha- helped people find that shit, and, yeah. and, and that's really fun. Um, but uh, it's just kind of interesting to me that that for some reason that never occurred to me. Like summoning people was always help with boss. Mm-hmm. You know, and I yeah. just, that's just the only way it made sense. Yeah. And like, like to me, I would be bothered by that because I like how solitary the game is, mm. but yeah. Yeah. The, uh, but yeah, I mean, it would be a nice, it'd be a different experience for yeah. it too. Mm-hmm. I've considered it too for like, um, you know, a couple of like the, the harder areas, like where the actual area is kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah. yeah. Like before I unlocked all the short, like I, I like the painted world a lot, but before I unlocked all the shortcuts for it, mm-hmm. um, it's really long. Yeah. Um, even though it's a relatively direct path, like it's very winding. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, now I know how the weird, like, sequence break shortcut to unlock that first door right away. Yeah. But before I knew how to do that, um, I considered to, and I get invaded there all the time. Yeah. So considered bringing a bro with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Diesel Weasel, another great name. I, I don't think that's his real name. <laughs> if it is, though, good on your parents, Doc. Yeah, Diesel Weasel. <laughs> um, the, uh, so Diesel Weasel says, <clears throat> The fucking depths, man. It seems so small now, since I know where most everything is, and I don't care much for the soul pickups. But the maze-like tunnels and holes in the floor meant my first go-through took about three times what it should have, going over my tracks again and again, running off to cure a shitty curse that befalls all newbies at least twice. Then the gaping dragon. 
I think the first time I actually said holy shit out loud to myself was when that appeared in the cutscene. Because looking at a creature the size of a train, except half of that train consists entirely of teeth, <laughs> is not an encouraging sight in a game like this one. And quite caught on to how bosses ha- uh, can have obvious and vulnerability-exposing attack patterns, so the first fight or two against him felt like an absurd competition. It didn't help that I was also doing the newbie thing of piling out as much armor as possible, so getting out of the way of his claws, tails, face, etc. was harder. And of course I got caught out by his acid attack when I hadn't brought a repair kit. So that was another journey back to the surface. I finally beat that guy by way of patience and attrition. Blighttown actually wasn't so bad after that. Wow. Blighttown is pretty bad after that. <laughs> I, like, I, I didn't have quite as bad an experience with this guy. Yeah. And I thought Blighttown was much worse, but. It, I mean, the, the, that boss fight is, it, it is an endurance competition, right? Yeah. Like okay. most of the times that I've died to it, it hasn't been like to a bad decision. It's just been that I've, the, 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 that I've just like run out of Estes. Right. Yeah. Or like, run out of patience and made a bad decision. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. kind of like, I mean, I, I bring this up a lot in like the binding of Isaac let's plays where like having high damage, like the less time you spend in an area, the better for you yeah. because the less likely you are to make a mistake or, or mm-hmm. fuck something up. And the fact that you have to be in this boss fight for so long, it's very likely you're going to get unlucky you at get, some point. You get decision fatigue almost. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But every, I think everybody likes that introduction cutscene. Like I, yeah. on the watch out for fireballs page before this show was even a glimmer in me and Cole's eye. Um, you know, and I was posting on there a lot about my dark souls things. I was just like, Holy fuck guys, gaping dragon. Like, yeah, <laughs> I beat him. Cause it's so epic and awesome and metal looking. Like, yeah. <laughs> I want a Lisa Frank folder of the gaping dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Alex Hahn via the contact page says, here's a dark root story. When I first popped in here, it was after killing the gargoyle. So I was just poking around. I ran through, uh, towards the stone giants, fought them and killed a few, got killed by a couple, uh, Sorry, got killed by them a couple of times. The few return trips I had, I always noticed some weird movement at my bottom left, but I never knew what it was. I ended up taking a peek and I saw a weird creature. I figured this might be a secret area, so I hopped off, landing with a plunging attack on what appeared to be the offspring of a manta ray and a frog, uh, and discovered the path that leads to the wolf ring. Much to my surprise, that wasn't the intended route, and there were actually a couple of sentient trees. How about that? Keep up the good work. Podcast. Great. Listen, thank you. We didn't talk about those trees um, in the main episode, but I think that's one of the weirdest creatures in this game. I didn't think it was a creature. (laughs) It's totally a creature. You get 121 souls for killing it. Yeah. I thought that was a bug. (laughs) No, no. They're like, they're, they they move. If you watch them, Yeah, they kind of like wriggle. Mm -hmm. They're, 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 they, uh, they have families. They have wives (laughs) and families. Cool. You Um, monster. Yeah. 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 Um, I didn't, I didn't get that. There, there was somebody else over email. It wasn't, it, it didn't really have to do with much of anything, but like he sent me a screen grab of, um, like it was probably him or somebody else standing above the Capper demon, um, arena. And mm-hmm. I, and I asked him like, Hey, Hey, is that, is it possible to get there without a bug? He's like, yeah, you just have to do blah, blah, blah. But the Capper demon isn't there. So, so maybe you have to do it after. Like maybe you have to, it's from, you get there from inside above it, that doorway. But, but it's like the undead bird. I'll send you, I'll, I'll forward you the email. Um, yeah, but, I, I'd uh, be interested in seeing that. Yeah. Like that kind of, I put put a thing on the Facebook group, that guy who got under the kill box under Sun's Fortress. Yeah. I was fascinated by that. Yeah, me too. Like I, I'm pretty interested in that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. 
And it's, uh, he's looking for that, like, if you watch speedruns of the game, you can skip that, you can skip that whole second half of the game on your way to the end boss. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Murph Murphy, uh, via Facebook says, I'm calling out Curse as a legit bad mechanic. Not only is 3000 a not insignificant cost to cure it at once at a time, but if you can figure out where they sell the cure and have enough HP to get there, nothing in the game so far as hints that dying in a particular way is penalized. Boo curse. <laughs> that said, I did enjoy Darkroot Garden. The way the flights, <clears throat> the way the fights gradually add more and more dudes. Okay, you beat three plants. How about a giant? How about a giant and two plants? Oh yeah. In addition to how BS curses, Gaping Dragon is one of the few bosses that is the opposite of Phallic in video games, <laughs> and the first boss in Dark Souls that I beat on the first try. Oh, wow. Yeah. The opposite uh, of Phallic is Yannick. Yeah, Yannick is a Yannick boss. <laughs> um, the first time PvP story. So I uh, got to Happy Sun Guy, and I get the warning, Slap Your Mama underscore 69 has invaded your world. I'm thinking, man, I'm going to get completely killed. So I spot him up on the bridge ahead, and I guess he must have thought that I had killed the first dragon, or at least triggered it. <laughs> um, and I certainly didn't know anything about it. So I charge ahead. Big old dragon breathes fire on both of us. That's how I got killed slash got. That's how I killed slash got killed in my first invasion. Yeah, it's a wash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Win-win. So, so, um, so that, that, that's like a weird question. If you die to somebody else, um, when somebody invades you, do they still get benefit from that? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't know what happens if it happens at the same time. Yeah. Um, the dragon, that fire like is linear. So I, I probably wouldn't happen at the same, literally at the same time. So yeah. maybe it depends on, you know, which way the dragon was coming from. So I guess it would be, maybe he would because the, uh, Murph would have gotten hit first. If he was coming from the opposite, mm, I don't know. That's what, well, if he hadn't triggered the dragon yet, that's where he comes from. Yeah. He comes from yeah. Solaire's side. So, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I mean, I don't know about <laughs> that. Um, yeah, curse. Like, I mean, do we, are we on that side? Do we think all in all, we didn't talk about that much in the episode as far as whether we think this is a bad mechanic. I don't know. Like I've, I've lived with it for so long that I've just come to accept it. Like poverty, like yeah. poverty exists. <laughs> it sucks, but it's there. You just, you just avoid it. Dummy. No, no. Um, I, I, I don't like it. I don't like being cursed. I'm happy that they fixed it for when it would stack. <laughs> I think like what where I'll where I think it's bad, and I think Murph is right, is that it breaks the rules. Yeah. Like when he says they never hint that there's any conditions that carry over from death, right? Like it just it breaks the rules. Yeah. And that's what you know. I will give it that. So once you know how to deal with it, um, it's not too hard to avoid. You know, I mean, I've only been cursed a couple times total, and it's really rare that it happens now. Mm -hmm. But the uh, uh, it it does break the rules. You know. Yeah. Like there's nothing that uh, thinks that you know it would stick with you. Yeah. And it doesn't even make sense. It doesn't even diegetically break the rules. Like getting petrified mm -hmm. resulting in you coming back to life with half your souls. Yeah. And your half your uh, your life. I'm not sure exactly how that's supposed to work. Yeah. Uh, like if I if 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 I like it it's because it does increase the anxiety level. It inc it increases the mystery. Like yeah. if if I if I fell into that without knowing about it, it would just be like, "Oh man, what is happening here? There's something bigger than I understand." Right? Honestly, I think I like it a little bit better than, cause you said you, uh, increases the tension. Um, mm -hmm. maybe I like it a little bit better than I like toxic. Yeah. Cause at least it's imaginative. Yeah. And it, it brings in that like indirect multiplayer where toxic is just like super strong poison. Yeah. You know, that just serves like, Hey, don't go to blight town yet. <laughs> you know, is all, is what toxic is there for. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I like, it. I mean, I think I like it better than toxic, but mm -hmm. both of those 
as far as uh, status effects, I'm not super crazy about. Yep, I agree. So, yeah, uh, like like what he talks about. So, so you got cursed at the bottom of the Great Hollow too, right? Yeah, that's the, that's the, the I've gotten cursed there, and I've gotten cursed once with Seath. Okay, so yeah, no, I can see that being a legit frustrating thing. I mean, Russ talked about that in the episode, but yeah, especially if you don't have the Lord Vessel yet. Yeah, and if I hadn't known about the Basilisk, I probably would have gotten cursed down there because when you earlier your only exposure to a status effect at this point was bleed and poison mm-hmm. and when those fill up it doesn't kill you right so if i just saw a meter filling up i would know it was bad but i would have no idea how bad yeah you know like the, the first time i got cursed i mean i i fell for the rat's trap and i and i and, yeah. I, and I don't you know i fell in and curse filled up so fast for me because i was hollow i didn't have any liquid humanity um mm-hmm. Yeah, I just like it. Just was like, whoa! It, it almost felt like instant death. So I was immediately put on guard. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Adam Burgess via contact says the depths was for me the part of Dark Souls where I finally started to feel pretty confident in my abilities. A large part of this was, uh, probably came because I insisted on taking down Hovel and every Black Knight I met before coming down here. Uh, but I made it all the way uh, to the Gaping Dragon without dying to the environment once. I did die to the invader, but I don't think that counts. Anyway, I said I got to the gaping dragon without dying. That changed once I reached him. I feel like this uh, boss is kind of cheap in a way I don't feel about the Capra demon. For Capra, I had to change my strategy for bosses. I couldn't immediately roll out of the way because the dogs would get me. Instead, I needed to get my shield up and slow the fight down. Sorry, I'm reading real slow. Uh, but for the gaping dragon, you see, he writes it as GD as mm. goddamn for the goddamn gaping dragon. Uh, my strategy was, uh, was simple. Uh, wait for him to attack, then get behind him and poke away. Wash, rinse, repeat. But what I had to watch out for was that one inexplicably powerful attack, that charge of his. I remember getting the dragon down to very low health. I was hacking away at its backside when it initiated a charge attack. Uh, I was behind it, so I figured I'd be safe. And it swings its butt as it runs. The dragon's butt caught me. Boom. Dead. 90% full health bar, fully drained. There's really no reason a butt swing would do that much damage. And it was the first instance where I felt the game was being unfair. Interesting. Yeah. yeah the, I don't. Yeah. Good. The weird thing about the gaping dragons, um, attack. And I didn't know this until I read a guide. Like if you stay to one side of him when you're behind him. So I think it's the left side or the right side. It's either the left side or the right side. He can't hit you with his tail hmm. because he dresses, he dresses either right or left. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I always just kind of assume that as being, you know, you should back out a little sooner. Yeah. Like you can't just keep hitting them. You know, it's all about kind of getting in, landing in some hits and then kiting them into, you know, he's about uptime and downtime. Yeah. You know, and, and he has downtime where he's safe to attack and uptime where he's not. Yeah. And, uh, I don't, I mean, if he's not just after a charge, I never attack him, you know, except for like he slams down, I hit him in the face twice, go around the side, hit him once he stops charging. That's it. Yeah. You know, that's, that's always what I do. Well, based on his, you know, based on his design, you should know that pulling out is key. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I, I've been tempted in that trap before when a butt swing does that much damage, <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's interesting. And, and it's, in, you know, the contrast with Capra. I will say that like Capra maybe teaches you more, like you're trying something that you always try and it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Whereas Gaping, like I think Gaping Dragon is probably a, like a, a pretty poorly designed boss fight. Yeah. Other than just the spectacle mm-hmm. of it. You know, it's pretty easy. He's very simple. Um, I don't feel like he's cheap in the same way that I think Adam thinks that he's cheap, 
Mm-hmm. But I, I would say uninspired, maybe, yeah. from a design standpoint. Weirdly balanced is, is, is really what I would say. Yeah. Yep, yep. So uh, Vivian says, <clears throat> I've literally never been cursed a single time. I don't even understand how it happens. I'm not sure it would happen if I stood stock still in a basilisk fart. As far as I'm concerned, it doesn't exist. <laughs> with, with a sophist take on uh, the... <laughs> The, the, uh, yeah. Sophist or solipsist? Solipsist. That's yeah. what I wanted. What are the sophists? Uh, the sophists, I believe that's, um, Aristotle. Yeah, they, they believe, they believe a thing too, but I'm the wrong thing. A solip, solipsist. Yeah, take on, on that. Um, yeah, you probably, maybe you had humanity when you were first there. Yeah. La di da. Look at me. Good for you. Look at me. I'm Vivian. I'm sorry. Good for you. A sophist. Um, was a specific kind of teacher in both ancient Greece and in the Roman Empire. Many sophists specialized in using tools of philosophy and rhetoric, though other sophists taught subjects uh, such as music, athletics, and mathematics. It sounds like Vivian. I was right the first time. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I did not have that experience. Yeah. But good on you. Even though I, I, do, I do remember after getting through the depths being like, you know, not getting cursed in the depths and being like, oh, I, this isn't that big a deal. But I had a... Plenty of warning. Yeah, that's that, that, that's true. I mean, I, I don't I don't want to like pull out this um, card. I played it relatively soon after it came out, and I still mm-hmm. kind of like knew that was a thing. I don't know if it was as 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 uh, codified as yeah. it is now. That just kind of like, well, oh, that's a thing. There was still you, a little bit of surprise to it. You have agency over how much stuff you, how much research you do, and how much reading you do about the game. True. That makes. I mean, this is tangential. How fucking fun is it going to be to do this podcast when Dark Souls 2 comes out? It's going to And like, and, and we're like, we're at the same, everyone is at the same level. Yeah. And like, we're scouring wiki for new information on areas we're just in. <laughs> and just like, the show is going to devolve into like, be you and a guest be like, holy shit. Like, did you know that you could, <laughs> like, we're going to be, it's going to feel like the thing I loved about playing Demon Souls after Dark Souls was like, I wanted to feel in danger again, you know, the same way I did with Dark Souls. And it's going to be like that. And then the podcast is going to be in danger. Like, it's going to feel like <laughs> doing the podcast is going to feel like playing the game because we are not, we're going to be on uneasy footing. Yep. Which is such a unique kind of fun. Like, God, is that going to be great? <laughs> I'm scared of new things. Um, <laughs> No, it is going to be wonderful. No, it's great. Uh, Strap I'm, in. I'm really Stra- looking for- Koros. Strap in, bitch. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're, Dark Souls too. Where's my sunglasses? <laughs> yeah. Um, um, Sam Anderson via Facebook says, Curse only happened to me once, and that was from Seath. Um, and given that, it actually felt kind of underutilized. And when it was used, it was used to pretty, to, uh, pretty poor effect. I could teleport to a healer at that point. Uh, could you? After, after that, I thought you couldn't teleport away from the, uh, from the tower. Um, yeah, you can teleport away from, uh, yeah, you can teleport away from the second bonfire in the Duke's archives. Oh yeah. I'm just thinking you can't teleport away from the jail cell. Yeah. That's disconnected. Okay, cool. Um, he says, I haven't played much demon's souls, but knowing how it's core health mechanic works makes me think that somebody at dark souls, uh, you know, so maybe somebody higher up, um, had the idea to bring this mechanic over to the newer game. And for some reason they just decided to put it in at the last minute. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I think he's talking about the soul form. Yeah, yeah. Mechanic in, uh, in Demon Souls. There's nothing quite like Curse in <laughs> Demon Souls. Yeah. Uh, and the soul form thing ends up, I was surprised how much of a not big deal that was. 
Like it became when you played, and we'll talk about it at length, but when you play Demon Souls, becoming human is a buff. Like you don't start thinking of being in soul form as a debuff. Yeah. Or at least that's how I played it. Like if I needed double hit points for a boss, I would become human. Okay. You know, yeah. and uh, I just kind of treated my HP as what it was when I was in mm-hmm. soul form. Yeah. So, so like most of my anxiety about Demon Souls comes from that. Just kind of like, wait a minute. So I have to beat these bosses with half health. But in reality, it's just I have to beat these bosses with my actual health with the possibility yep. of getting to them with second with with double health. Yep. Yeah. Things start thinking of it that way and it will make it uh, less stressful. And okay. you can you get a ring incredibly early on that can give you 75 percent health. Oh, nice. At that. So that's a huge think of that 150 percent of your health. It's like a huge buff. Right. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of ways in which Demon Souls is pretty kind um, to that, which you should really start playing again if we're going to if we're going to do like, that thing. Yeah. yeah if we're going to uh, be be speak with any kind of authority on it. Right. Um, but I know, I mean, you play other games, you play games that actually come out. <laughs> so, I mean, I understand you have a busy schedule. <laughs> it's not just Binding of Isaac and Dark Souls for you. So, but yeah, um, it's interesting. The idea that curse being like why Seath can curse and we can talk about it then, but that mechanic seems a lot of place and weird. Uh, I, I mean, I think that like it has to do with the, the, with the crystallization and things like that. And like, Thinking about it in terms of story, like this is my Oh, hat. hey, 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 hey. Yeah? Is that why there's a channeler in the sewer? Oh, he's down there. Researching curse? Possibly. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Well, and, 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 his, and his curse is breath, right? Like that's his, that's his attack yeah. and that's what Logan gets you. That's how the basilisks curse you. Yeah, maybe that's yeah. how uh, that's how Seath is learning about that shit. Yeah, so like I, I would see that. So, so you know, it turns you into a statue. So it probably takes away and captures some kind of essence of you. You know, as as is like indicated by his his crystal having the essence of immortality. You know, mm. and so like if anything to do with the crystals. You know, yeah. and crystal healing and Zoroastrianism. No, um, like just uh, has to do with you know with, with with that. So I could imagine that being the uh, the the parallel. Yeah, I guess I guess I can see that. Yeah, yeah, man, we we are explaining every channeler in the game. <laughs> we are on, well, we are on a quest. That, like when when they poke up, like once you know that they're associated with him, you can't help but think like why. Everything yep. else um, is so deliberate that uh, like you 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 search for a reason even when it might not be there. I realized that during these uh, these areas and doing the podcast that like out of the the principal players you're introduced to in the beginning of the game, Seath is by, the most active by a country mile. Yeah, like everyone um, everyone is in decline, you mm-hmm. know, in some way, shape, or form, um, except for Seath, right? Which is you know a well, I guess not the you know better chaos is not really in decline, right? But uh, you know, Seath is, is such a uh, you know such an active agent in this world. So yeah. much of this you know really has to do with him, and then like the entirety of the the DLC. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he's a, like, man, Seath is a real, he's like in a weird way, kind of the principal antagonist Yeah. of the game. I think you can make that argument really easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What an asshole. Here, here, here's a, here's a weird thing. So they dropped the eye of death, but that's associated with Nito. Yeah. 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 That's interesting too. Like Nito wants them shits. They're yeah. Pokemon pogs for him. <laughs> Pokepogs. Um, but Nito, like, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about this at length on that episode, but like, Nito doesn't have very much like his story and all of the stuff with him is like really underexplained. Yeah. You know, cause like you never learn who pinwheel is other than that. He's a necromancer, but you know, why does he have this power to, to rob from Nito when he's clearly so weak? Where did he come from? What are his mm-hmm. motivations? Yeah. What is he doing over that altar in that, <laughs> you know, awesome flooded library? Like there, there's no, you know, he, they don't explain, uh, Nito very much. Right. You know, he's also the only boss in the game. That's a, a covenant leader. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's weird. Like he's that's kind of weird. Yeah. Um, so well, I don't know if what you know about like. his relationship to the painted world, right? No, he was originally supposed to be the uh, the boss of painted world. Oh, hey, before before they dummied it out, they they could have had uh, maybe Seath put him there to get rid of death, mm-hmm. so he'd be immortal. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, yeah, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, very interesting. Um, what do what do you guys think if you're if you're listening to this to our wild lore speculation shit? If you know something that directly contradicts this, uh, please let us know. Yeah. Um, Megan Duvall via Facebook says, I totally fell, fell down that hole and was extremely confused and overwhelmed for a few seconds. Then I was dead and cursed. I absolutely insisted on going back down, getting my blood stain, and avenging my death. It was a good time. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's that's sunk cost fallacy right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you get uh like there are times where I get you know, get stuck on matters of principle in this game. Like if something feels like particularly cheap or like I mean, actually more likely when something's like 100% my fault, I will be like, I'm going to get my shit back. Like that, that is going to atone myself for being an idiot. You know, <laughs> not that you were being an idiot for falling down there, Megan, but the, uh, yeah. I, I just, I need to quote a very wise man. If you ever drop your keys into a river of molten lava, let them go because man, they're gone. <laughs> Jack. Unless it's Resident Evil Six or Resident Evil Five, <laughs> then you can just in which case it's no big it. deal. Yeah, might as well just grab them. <laughs> Why not? Like, yeah, you're in stars, man. You're immune to lava. They're <laughs> all wearing charred orange rings and stars. It's part of your training. Yeah. And finally, Jeremy Greer via Facebook says, I'm another person that totally skipped being cursed. It happened for the first time recently during the first fight with Seath, where I learned that a ring of sacrifice won't save your souls or humanity if you die from a curse. Just the rare ring. So irritating. Should we talk about that? The rings of sacrifice? At some point we will. Okay. I figure I was hoping that there'd be a good, uh, good place for them. We've already found one because there's one under the bridge. Yeah. There, but yeah, that's an interesting uh, idea. One of the interesting things is that used to be a spell in Demon Souls. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, there's a, it's a cleric spell or a, a faith spell. Mm-hmm. A miracle is what they call them. Yes. Um, a, a miracle did that, and it—I uh, mean, more or less. Like you didn't respawn at the bonfire with all your stuff, but you'd come back to life if you died. Right. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, well, I mean, we'll talk about those eventually. We, maybe before we fight Seath. Okay. Um, as for the depths, Jeremy continues, I bragged in the essay thread about killing my first invader only to be very embarrassed later. Uh, just FYI, someone else did this last night, so it's still very common. Um, I stayed lost at the bottom for hours before finding the shortcut. What a maze. So I think he killed Kirk and was really proud. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, I just recently learned that if you buy stuff from Dom Hall, uh, he'll totally drop serious wisdom on you. He explains about needing a divine weapon to kill the skeletons in the catacombs very clearly and breaks down how to kill the ghosts in New Londo as well. I spent a lot of time sunbrowing in the depths and learned quite a few important things. Always bring a bow and snipe the channeler if the host didn't kill them. Uh, didn't kill him rather. Uh, there's a 10% chance that Solaire might spend the entire fight looking for a fog door. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the end of the gaping arena is a giant hole, mm-hmm. appropriately enough. Um, yep. So, so yeah, yeah. Um, that that's I, I forget. Did we talk about Domnall's pro tips? No, I didn't know that they were a thing. Yeah, yeah, he's uh he's one of the few people who like straight shoot with you about that kind of stuff. Like he tells you very useful information. I had I had no idea. Um, I never I never really bought his stuff. I didn't. Really, there weren't very many boss armors I was that interested in. Mm-hmm. in any of my playthroughs, they tend to be heavier. 
that I want? I learned it because he's one of the few merchants who will sell um, gold pine resin, and that actually works real well in the Gaping Dragon. Mm, yep. Yeah. And it's, it's a, like the only, you know, limitless source of that other than... Uh, no, there's uh, only three. There's only three of them there. But, I mean, other than farming them from mushroom people. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's like one of the only ways you can get... Or not limited. It's one of the only sources of it, rather. Yeah, yeah. Yep. 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 is a cool guy. I felt yeah, real bad I, when I had to kill him. <laughs> now I have to kill him. Gary. Why'd you have to kill Dom Hall? What's that? Why'd you have to kill Dom Hall? Getting ready for a new game plus. We don't. What do you get for killing Dom Hall? Humanity? I don't know. 1,000 souls? <laughs> yeah. That's not, not worth it. I know. Um, yeah. I don't, I, yeah. I only, the, the only, I just killed the fair lady before, mm. before the, that. The, the fair lady. What? The, uh, yeah, the fair lady. Is that her name? Oh gosh. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, was, what are you talking? Are you okay. <laughs> what are you talking about? The fair lady. I was, I always consider, I think of her as the daughter of chaos, but oh, I guess yeah. all of them are the daughter of chaos. I guess she doesn't have a name. I, 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 uh, errantly refer to her as a Quilana, but Quilana is mm. a different person. Yeah. Quilana is the pyromancy trainer, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 One of my favorite, uh, messages in the game I ever found is under the fair lady. Mm-hmm. Um, where somebody just put an orange soapstone thing that said monster and you can only see it after you kill her. Yeah. Um, which is, which is great. Yeah. And I, I said it before, but like, as far as like siding on a lore thing, like I like a, a lot of the lore videos. I like, uh, Epic Name Bros stuff, but those prepare to cry videos, like, yeah, that's some of my favorite YouTubery that's ever been done. Mm-hmm. So it's fantastic. That dude does good stuff. We'll probably put yeah. that in the show notes. Yep. Absolutely. And yep. the one on the sisters of chaos is so good. Yep. So good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I didn't know that about Dom Hall. Um, I did not have the experience with that invader. Um, I did not think he was, a uh, an, M- uh, NPC. Um, probably because of the name, like you said, he's not bong ripper, pussy storm, you know, <laughs> dickhole dot 69 dot Xbox expletive SSJ Sephiroth 420. Yeah. Yeah. That's super Saiyan, super DJ, super Saiyan Sephiroth <laughs> or anything. So, uh. So thank you so much for all these responses. I'm, I'm incredibly heartened by, uh, how participatory you, you all are. So, uh, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Keep it up. Like, um, definitely, uh, participate in the next episode, which we will be, there's still time when you're hearing this yeah. to uh, tell us your blight town stories. And we know you got them. Yeah, man. Did you like had to your car break down in blight town one time and <laughs> you know, it became like nothing but trouble. Not terrible. <laughs> nothing but trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and they, <laughs> a penis nose judge just abusing you like dan Aykroyd. what happens he was never uh, like wait. the greatest shakes but yeah he he really went off the deep end yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. yeah. god really quay legged it um as we as we talked about in the uh in the main episode cole has never actually played through by town <laughs> so that's gonna be a very fun episode um <laughs> My friend Nick is going to be on it. So yes, he's he is. not a, uh, not from another podcast, but he's done some stuff with me on the idea of a holla. Um, mm-hmm. and is a funny dude. Yeah. And, uh, looking forward to that. Me too. Yeah. So do we have anything wrapping up? Um, nope. Other than rating or reviewing, um, if you would like to support the show, uh, you can do the audible link or you can go to duckfeed.tv slash tip jar. Use that link, um, to, uh, go to Amazon and, uh, whatever you buy, we get a little kickback from that and it helps us out. So, yep. And I'll throw this in real quick just because I only announced the last time. I won't mention every episode, but uh, I started a Let's Play of Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. Um, comes out the same time this comes out. 
Um, go to www.youtube.com forward slash watch out for fireballs mm-hmm. um, and watch me play through as an archer um, and all that entails. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'm hoping to uh, get some traction with that. And then also hoping that's not excruciating because I'm <laughs> so far so good and everything seems fine. I'm hoping it's not quite as easy as the sorcery playthrough mm-hmm. turned out to be. I'm, my, th- my thinking is when I'm not doing like 1300 damage with an, with an arrow. <laughs> so, oh man, I don't envy you that as the archery just doesn't work well for me, but it, it's going to be, it's interesting so far. Yeah. The, uh, the compound bow makes a big difference because you're, you, it has low range, but you, you knock it so quickly. Oh yeah. That you can kind of use it in melee, but shields are the biggest problem I've had so far. Like every time someone pulls out a shield, I more or less have to get out my sword. Yeah. So, huh. Well, yeah. you can look forward to all of that here on the uh, the, the 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 Dark Souls tip. Um, mm-hmm. But in the meantime, uh, we would ask you to, even though you can't see it from the depths, praise the sun. Praise the sun. Okay. Do you just look uh, at a picture of me while you're recording? <laughs> um, yep. Okay. Um, no, that's not true. Okay. It, it's a framed picture. Uh, it exists in real life. It's of you sleeping on my couch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, with yeah. a little picture in picture of a shower. Um, <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let me, I'll just take that whole bit. <laughs> <What>? So, <laughs> so uh, poor, poor man, Andrew Mildred. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that maybe that was a reference to um, maybe there are some because there's an enemy called Man Eater in Demon Souls. Yeah, as well, which is, is the hearts. Yeah. Okay. Um, which it, like mechanically is more like the gargoyles, but uh, you know she uh, there might be some similarity there too. Yeah, I thought it was a re- I thought it was a reference to Hall and Oats. Yeah. <laughs> Hall slash Oats. Oh, um, here she comes. Yeah. yeah. She's a manager. <laughs> I've seen Hollow Notes live. <laughs> you haven't. Yes, I have. <laughs> Why would I lie about that? What context? <laughs> Prove it. Uh, when I was living in Brooklyn, uh, that, that, that one summer, they were having this, uh, the summer concert series, um, where it was like free, free, uh, free concerts in at Coney Island on like Thursday nights, like every Thursday night of August. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to one, it was like a Woodstock reunion show. So they had the uh, Creedence Clearwater revisited, uh, mountain and, um, John Sebastian, mm. which I, I don't, they're, they're all okay. I was mainly yeah. there to see Creedence, you know, I was the yeah. youngest person there of his own volition by far. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, I would go, I would go see you. Yeah. That'd be a thing I would go do. The, 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 the Creedence guys, they're super nice. The beach yeah. boys kind of dicks. Oh, sure. Like, especially Mike Love. Well, right? yeah, yeah. Classic dick. Yeah. I, I, I say this from personal experience. My, my, my grandparents, they used to, they used to do catering at the Delaware Fairgrounds, which is a little mm-hmm. ways out of, uh, out of there. And, uh, I got to meet both of them when I was like super young. And the oh, Beach Boys cool. were like, you know, just kind of like, Hey, I'd like to meet you. I like your songs, you know, like you think, not thinking of like pet sounds, but thinking of, you know, good vibrations or something. Right. It's kind of like, Oh, mm-hmm. I, I know, I know who they are. And like, it was just kind of like, yeah, yeah was, you know, whatever. And they just, they just were, they were real demanding. Whereas, uh, the Credence guys, they were, they asked me like, what's that Game Boy you have there? I was like, Oh, it has Pokemon oh. in it. Like, Oh, Pokemon. I like Tetris. <laughs> Tetris is great. Oh. Awesome. <laughs> so yeah. I, I would go as far as to say that like, maybe not all of the beach boys, but the Brian Wilson, if any, like it's never fine to have like a chip on your shoulder as, Mm -hmm. as an artist, you know, 
but it has a greater claim to being able to do so than anyone in Credence. Like oh, if, yeah. if, yeah, if that were, you know, if that were at all justifiable ever, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Brian Wilson, I don't know. That's a, that's, that's a thing. Yeah. Like he pulled the Sid Barrett though. Right. Yeah. 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 That's an, I mean, that's unfortunate. He's, he's legitimately crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, which is part of what, what's going on with that probably like he, mm-hmm. he's a fucking nut bar. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of respect for that man. Yeah. Um, as a way of writing songs that I can't wrap my head around. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, the the next week, my parents came down and they they asked like, "What you you know says that how was the concert?" I was like, "Oh, it was great." Um, who's up next? Holland Oates. Like, okay, that's our plan. <laughs> like, so I got to I got to watch Holland Oates perform in two thousand nine. Yeah, like a good year for Oates. A bad year for Hall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would I would go watch that shit. Yeah. I have uh, two two of my good friends, my game night buddies. Um, like they're real weirdos in that like they don't seem to like music. Mm-hmm. Like they like music, but I don't think they own any CDs. That's just not a thing that they do. But we go out and do karaoke every once in a while and they uh-huh. just sing Hall and Oates songs. Yeah. And they just they know Hall and Oates songs I don't know. It's really interesting. <laughs> like, like deep cuts, they're going to the Hall and Oates Boneyard. They're they're well they're singles, but they're single like less popular singles. Right, right. You know, and it's just kind of uh interesting, you know, just to like, oh, they don't seem to like music that much other mm-hmm. than Hall and Oates. I mean, is, is, is that like a, like a function of what their parents listen to? Just kind of like, Oh, I know this song. I don't, I don't know what's a function of. I never really brought it up with them. I, I, yeah. I could, I'd be like, what's up with you guys in music? But I just yeah. kind of didn't, it's just weird. Like it's a group of, of friends who like, like music, but it's not something that's a common bonding. Right. Right. Us, you know, be- because like, I think about for me, like, Oh dear God, it's, it's a miracle that I don't like country. But I remember being in my mom's car, like driving me to school and she was playing like Billy Ray Cyrus I mm-hmm. think that's why I don't like country. Yeah. <laughs> I have a similar experience with Garth Brooks <laughs> and my, my, my mother. So. But I remember like driving to South Carolina with my dad and the only cassette we had was the, uh, was the Forrest Gump soundtrack, which mm. is pretty good in terms of like, okay, it's a, now that's what I call music for the sixties and seventies. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, but, uh, mm-hmm. I was going like, yeah, these, I, I, I dig these, you know, you mean some Vietnam music. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. that was my first exposure to Neil Young, like, uh, mm-hmm. through, like through, uh, um, uh, for what it's worth, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah. Probably some strawberry alarm clock. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, I, I, I think white rabbit was on there, which was real mm-hmm. weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing wrong with 60 psychedelia. Yeah, no, it's, it's good. That's good stuff. I still have, I still have some of that. I, I kind of mm-hmm. want to see what what Forrest Gump soundtrack. I want to see what was on that because because I can probably like pick out a couple of my like karaoke songs on there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man, um, I don't know if it's reached your corner of the internet yet, but have you listened to this guy or heard about this guy who collects white albums? Like yeah. like the Beatles white albums? Mm-hmm. Okay, he just wants copies of it. Mm-hmm. He collects them and he's got a, like the covers as an art exhibit, which is really amazing because everyone yeah. is a little bit different. Yeah. Which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. But he just released the first side of it. It's a hundred copies of it playing at once in sync. Holy shit. On record. How, it's incredible. How do you accomplish that? A hundred record players. Well, yeah, but like a hundred and a hundred people who can just time it exactly. You know, he probably, I mean, he probably did it digitally. He probably oh. just play them all and then sync sync them up with something. Okay, 
but uh, it's awesome. Like I, re- it's recommended listening as as somebody who's interested in audio, uh-huh. um, because it starts off with just like a, like a distorted version of the album. Uh-huh. But as you know, things like minor things like the uh, the record players like playing at slightly different speeds, mm-hmm. the records getting increasingly damaged. It becomes more and more abstract. Oh wow! And like a very subtle way. Like you never, there's never just a shift where I'm like, okay, this is where it's weird, mm-hmm. but it, it just like overtakes you slowly to where it just becomes this distorted psychedelic thing that only kind of resembles the songs. Right. Yeah. It's wonderful. And like that gets back to like revolution number nine. So that by the time it gets to that, it's probably just fucked. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they haven't done the second side yet. Oh, okay. Sorry. So it ends with, uh, uh while my guitar gently weeps, which, uh, is crazy. Like it's a oh, sounds the fu- like the fucking weirdest. Like it becomes almost like a different. Like it sounds like an entirely different song. Uh huh. Like a very very cool. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, man, the White Album. I, I I'm not I'm not terribly fond of it. I'm not a Beatles guy. Oh. I think we talked about that. I'm I'm kind of on the record of liking the Kinks more than I like the Beatles. Yeah, you you've talked about that on on Dead Idea Valhalla. I'll admit that like I, I I had some disdain for the Beatles until I played the Beatles Rock Band, which is real weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, um, I think it, I think it was actually learning to like uh, Paul's bass. Um, that, mm. that kind of like got me into it. It's kind of like, Oh, that's actually real cool. Mm. Um, you know, uh, I, I think that like my, my primary exposure to the Beatles was like, uh, through Paul written songs, which I don't generally care for. Like look at, uh, you know, birthday or look at, uh, um, Oh gosh. What's when you just like some of the other ones. Oh, Penny oh Lane. yeah. Penny Lane or Maxwell silver hammer or something like that. Yeah. Like all, all of these really like goofy, you know, you know, things like that. Whereas if you look at something like revolver, you know, or rubber soul, like the stuff that happens on there is mostly, is mostly George and, and John. And those right. are kind of the, the, the deeper cuts that I got exposure to through that game. Right. And so after that, I picked up, I picked up a bunch of the remasters and, you know, rubber soul and revolver. I, I, re- I really like those albums uh, yeah. a lot. Yeah. Revolver is my favorite Beatles album. Yeah. Um, I kind of like, I don't really like the beginning or ending of their career very much. Like right. I can, I, I kind of disdained them in high school because I thought I'd only heard like the, I want to hold your hand stuff, which I've gained like a, a middling appreciation for that kind of pop. Yeah. You know? Um, but the, uh, and then I heard a lot of the later stuff like the, uh, so I don't really like Abbey road very much. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, that's not, that's not really for me, but that mid period kind of like revolver through, like magical mystery tour. Yeah. I think is really, really good. Um, it, it know, was, just, it was like after they stopped touring, but the, yeah, but, 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 but before they kind of really got up their ass a little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, I me mean, saying, I, I think it's really good. It's not like, yeah. I don't think the rest of the stuff is good. Yeah. That's, yeah. Like, you you know, I mean, of course it's good. Yeah. It's just what, like whether it, you know, connects with me or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I like the, like, like they peaked when they were like putting out like, you know, paperback writer as a single, you know, yeah. Like that like not a, not even just a part of any album which is kind of like let's just put this out as like a thing you know yeah yep, yeah yeah yep, those are good uh i mean saying they peaked i mean dangerous territory like i, I yeah like the beatles i try not to be uh making any objective statements about the beatles yeah you know but they uh that is uh when i think that they are probably yep. uh Probably at their best. Yeah, for me, as I will, far as connection to Gary. What, what what I will say, the White Album. I, I I am comfortable saying that it is one of the weaker, just because you know it has 
you know, 40 goddamn tracks on it. Mm-hmm. Not all of them are going to be good. It does give us, you know, back in the USSR, Dear Prudence, uh, Blackbird, which is one of the few McCartney songs I really like. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it also has Birthday, Rocky Raccoon, Piggies. Yeah. <laughs> you well, know? It's also, it's got a, what is it? My favorite song on that, um, Happiness is a Warm Gun. Yes. Which is maybe my favorite Beatles song for not mm-hmm. being on my, my favorite album. My favorite right. albums. That song's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, talking about the Beatles being good. <laughs> it's not, uh, there's no yeah. way to do it. Like talking about the Beatles being good is boring. Talking about being bad. It's like you're baiting controversy for, yeah. you know, so it's, it's either way. There's no way to win talking about the Beatles. Nope. You know, so Beatles rock band was sure good. Yeah. That was tons of fun. That's yeah. like, what a great expression of like a single, it was the best like genre of those guitar hero. Yeah. Uh, rock band kind of knockoff things mm-hmm. or side things. No. Um, I'm just, I'm just really sad fun. that it came out before the keyboard was a thing. Yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah. And we all pray that we will have far more soon. <laughs> 